I'm Noon Saleh, and this is Inside Expo, an official podcast of Expo 2020 Dubai, where history is being made. By the end of 2019, the team behind Expo 2020 had been working towards their launch date for just over a decade. It was the final stretch of a very long marathon, and the finish line was in sight. And then new reports of a virus that had broken out in Wuhan, China, started to dominate the news. Chinese health authorities are still working to identify the virus behind a pneumonia outbreak in the central city of Wuhan. At least 59 people are believed to have been sickened by the new virus. Tonight, U.S. airports on high alert, screening passengers for symptoms of a deadly new virus. Very concerned. Now that you brought it to my attention, I'll stay away from most people wearing masks. At the start, it didn't seem likely that it was going to affect Expo 2020 in Dubai. But nonetheless, the team started to monitor. So I would say um, we began following very closely what was happening in Wuhan sometime around January, mid-January. Looking at different reports, following news very carefully. This is Her Excellency Reem Al-Hashmi, the UAE's Minister of State for International Cooperation and Director General of Expo 2020 Dubai. I would guess that probably even up until that moment, we were still thinking, because we still didn't know what this was. So we we had a sense that it was big, but there was also a sense that this was probably more something that could be localized. Um, When President Xi Jinping locked down China effectively by closing and cancelling flights across the board, that's when I had a sinking feeling that this was not only global, but more importantly, uh, a lot longer than the few months we had left before Expo. We have a new name for the coronavirus. The World Health Organization has officially called it COVID-19. The feelings were really, um, I think at that at that point, there was more concern about what was this pandemic that was ravaging through the entire planet. It was a concern for our collective health uh, lives. And just, you know, understanding a little bit more where is that light at the end of the tunnel. So the expo almost became secondary to what was clearly capturing the attention of every single human being on Earth. The next few months were like a whirlwind. We all remember it. But we begin tonight with the growing concern as the toll from that deadly coronavirus now grows. Constantly checking the news, checking in on loved ones, rearranging travel plans, monitoring advice from our local health authorities. Well, again, what we know is that it's spreading. That's not really a surprise. What we don't know is a lot about this virus. We don't know its incubation period. We don't really know the route of transmission. It is a coronavirus. In the UAE, cities started making the decision to go into lockdown towards the end of March. Um, When we went into lockdown here in Dubai, we we couldn't imagine our streets. We couldn't imagine a curfew. We couldn't imagine um, our airports being closed, our airlines um, on the runway. That was unthinkable. It was it was very um, very profound. I think as as human beings. Now forget again. Like I said, Expo sort of became secondary because everybody started thinking of the people that they love. We had a lot of our staff who didn't have their family with them who were traveling, it was, can, can the staff, can our staff have their families back? How can we help them come back? Will they be locked away from one another? And what would that do to them? So there was um, a hefty, I would say, 
um, not just responsibility, but but actually obligation that, you know, I worried about my dad. I worried about his health. We all did, I think. And we all kind of came down to a really human level um, of of just being concerned for our for our family and for our loved ones and for our colleagues who we are um, we're supposed to also take care of. And that's when it started to become more clear to the Expo team that things couldn't carry on as planned. There was a very clear sense, I would say, that, you know, come mid-March when we went through our own lockdown, that we knew that we would need to consult with the BIE. The BIE is the International Bureau of Expositions, which oversees and regulates World Expos. Because as you know, the decision of postponement wasn't an Emirati decision. It was the decision of member states who said, actually, we will not be able to host a safe and successful expo six months after the host nation and many other nations at that stage uh, went into lockdown. So we actually had to go through another vote, just as we did in 2013, to win the vote to host. We had to ask the members of the General Assembly, all participating countries, whether or not uh, they would accept to postpone the expo. The vote took place virtually because it wasn't going to be possible for all of the member states to make it to Paris this time. But the result was unanimous. Expo 2020 Dubai would be postponed. If we had to cancel, better cancel now than cancel when countries further invest and further make commitments. The issue wasn't about when would we be able to postpone, it's, it was more at what cost will that entail for the hosts and the organizers and for countries and their own internal dynamics. The choice should never be, do you want to put at risk someone's health and safety or do you want to continue on with livelihoods? Because, I mean, it's inherent in the question that no one's going to pick livelihoods over someone's health and safety. So I thought, I think that the way the overall dialogue you know, carried on the beginning was you almost had to pick one versus the other and one came at the cost of the other. But the leadership of the Emirates uh, was very kind of clear-sighted about trying to see how we could protect both and how we could salvage both and how we could live with both in, in the best way that we knew how. So now the decision was made. The next challenge was how to manage a postponement of a world event on this scale. This wasn't the first time a World Expo had been disrupted in its history. In 1942, the Rome World Expo was cancelled because of World War II. But in the context of 2020, this was totally different. And this is the first time an Expo team had had to face the immense challenge of rescheduling on such short notice. It's difficult to make decisions in a vacuum and not really have the facts in your hand or the clarity in your hand. Um, and base your decisions on that. So I, I tend to go into things with a whole set of things I know to be true. And those are, you know, things I know to be true. And uh, in this particular situation, there were very few of those that I could lean on. Dimitri was a very close confidant in this journey. That's His Excellency Dimitri Kurkenses, Secretary General of the BIE. Because, you know, how do you know what you don't know? And how do you plan forward when you still don't understand even the broad parameters of what's forward? 
obviously nothing stood still. I mean, nothing could stand still because it was already rushing at 100 miles an hour. Uh, they, they were difficult nights, I must admit. I, I, uh, um, if you keep a journal or if you look through your own notes, what it was like for all of us in March and April, when we didn't know so much about what was happening to us. Her Excellency told us it was almost like there were two separate things. There was the postponing of the event, but then there was also managing the pandemic and managing the health and well-being of the enormous staff. So the pandemic, um, I think, bared much more heavily on what was happening than the postponement, per se. Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, we've had to let go of a lot of people because we were event time oriented, but there was no event to have. And so we had to change the dynamics of our overall finances. But we've also had to almost revisit and revise what does an expo in 2021, which carries the year 2020 with it, what does this expo now have to do? Again, all when we still don't know what's going to happen or how long the pandemic would actually last. So there was a sense of, you know, navigating through ambiguity. In logistical terms, everything more or less carried on because it had to, but with more precautions and with less intensity. For example, instead of delivering the site by July 2020, it was instead finished in December. One thing for sure that that was sort of... Um, unshakable was the health and well-being of, of my staff and of um, all of the workers on site. There was a very almost fierce obsession about their safety and their well-being, which is why making sure that their family, you know, we, we really got involved in making sure that families came home. There were about, I would say, 59 or so families that at the time, just before lockdown, um, were in all parts of the world. And we really rallied folks to arrange their travel back before we go into lockdown because we went into a three-month lockdown, which is not an easy thing either. One aspect of the programming that had changed a lot is the focus on the virtual expo. With travel still not completely back to normal, the expo has tried to make itself accessible to the world, even for people who can't make it to the site in person. So we've always wanted what we've called an augmented experience or an augmented expo or virtual expo. Um, it seems fitting in the 21st century to explore the realms of this. Come the pandemic, we've all had to go virtual. So with 2021, which obviously we're still calling our Expo Expo 2020, but uh, a year later, we felt it would be necessary to continue to exploit this virtual platform that everybody sort of got used to in one way or another, to continue to bring exposure and to continue to bring... Um, experiences to the virtual visitor so that he or she could, despite being far away, um, be able to see what the expo is all about. After perhaps one of the most intense years anybody working on Expo 2020 has ever had, the doors finally opened on October 1st, 2021. For branding and continuity reasons, the expo carried over its name, Expo 2020 Dubai. This is a historic occasion for World Expos with more than 190 countries participating, all the world is coming together for the first time since the pandemic began to connect, to exchange, and to learn on this extraordinary global stage. For I think the team was really elated 
to finally open our doors. Show the world what we've been working on, but also show one another how we did this together. The opening ceremony wasn't a, an expo effort alone. It was really a combination of a larger collective. And the audience was as much a part of that as those who were on center stage. And I think that when you, when you walk through the site and you see how every country's put his or her best foot forward in trying to showcase what they're all about, you're also struck by the sense of, boy, did we miss each other? Um, we've been we've been closed up for so long, and the idea of watching a show or 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 seeing someone smile, the eyes when they smile, and and doing it responsibly. You know, we are all still doing this, wearing this, and vaccinated and PCR tested, and taking all the necessary measures. But it's still nice to be around other human beings and to listen to different languages, to hear different expressions um, and to see, of course, young people, especially children on site. And so that moment of celebration of opening ceremony quickly kind of transcended into, right, now let's get through week one, week two, you know, month one, now we're on to month two with the, with the same sheer determination and commitment for excellence that helped us get this far from the get-go. In the end, the pandemic became one of the key factors shaping the expo. There are the obvious ways, like the testing, vaccination, social distancing, but there are also less obvious ways. I think we looked at the pandemic coexisting with the expo. What is clear in 2021 is that sense of just missing each other. I think people haven't been able to travel for a long time. And so they come to the expo and they see the whole world in one place. And I think that has a different uh, resonance, a different cadence than it would have been in 2020. We presume, we don't know, I think 2020 would have still been phenomenal. But 2021 has, um, has a different take by the sheer um, experience that we've all collectively had. And I think that's another distinguishing factor there is a unifying sense of collective experience. Every delegation we receive, every family that walks through our doors, they all understand what COVID-19 is all about because they've experienced it in one way or another. And so um, that collective experience is really what's marked 2021 and has really highlighted the importance of sort of human solidarity and just how dependent we are um, on one another as a human species. I think there's a real sense of, I know I, I said I, we don't use the word triumphant, but I think there is a, the triumphance of the human spirit. And to see when we have national days and we see country flags go up and we see kids come through the doors so excited to have a field visit, there's that indomitable human spirit that has somehow prevailed. So you're not really triumphant over the virus, but your ability to move on is one of incredible defiance. So when I think of the privilege 
that we've had in um, trying to get the necessary access to vaccines and, and treatment and PCR tests and be able to communicate so freely with our teams and with our loved ones in a different way than what we're used to, but communicate with them nonetheless. Hosting now at this time proves that we can overcome, that we have overcome. But again, I say that, and in that very same breath, I will also say, but it should never get to your head because you should always continue to be humble about all that you don't yet understand or know, but take comfort and take pride in, in the ability to have gotten this far. To be able to come into this World Expo and experience some optimism and some hope and some togetherness is, I think, a very powerful feeling, which at the very least has inspired the already millions who've come through. Inside Expo takes you behind the scenes at Expo 2020 Dubai, sharing our stories and others across the 170-year history of this global event. Learn more by visiting virtualexpodubai.com. Inside Expo was produced by Kerning Cultures Network. We release episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review.